Square Eyes Syndrome. I'm Ben Gilman. As always, I'm joined by Tom Hill. Hey. Dan Rudge. Hey. And last, but not, no, definitely last because he's a little charm fan, it's Troy Salmon. Last and the best. Charm fans. Oh, they be, yeah. At least he's proud of it. I mean, uh, you gotta, you gotta give him the commitment. We somebody has take to take the piss out of him literally every episode for this, and he's yeah. like, represent. Dan, Dan, <laughs> Dan, in our defence, he deserves it. I know. Great. I'm just, I'm also giving him the props he does deserve. Yeah, give him the props. Give me because he's stuck. He's stuck to it. He's never gonna say no. I'm not a charm fan. He's a, legitly a charm fan. He's a misguided child, but I will give him that. This guy, I'll dare you. We have bullied this boy for nearly 30 episodes about charm. That's oh. true. When you, when you know something's the truth, it's the truth, man. Simple as that, you know what I mean? So something that's great as charmed, you know, has to be represented by someone. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, how is How is it? Hey. Um, oh, I'm, better uh, than most of the um, Sorry? Go on. That's a hard question. Sorry, what did you say? <laughs> Dan? Hello? Go on, Dan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we couldn't hear you for a second. Did you say, how are you guys doing? Yeah. We're doing this in. Okay, signal dropped out for a second. Yeah, so I thought you said that. So I said better than most of the leaders of the free world at this point. Oh, yeah. I, I'll be right. having a fun time with Trump and everybody else. Oh boy! All right. So, yeah, I've um, I've had a squirrel use me as a um, a tree this week. Damn. Yeah, a squirrel came up. I Try said hello. He pulled up me and sat on my shoulder. It's quite cool. The heck! Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> that that never happened. All I wanted to do was take a picture, and it came up my leg thinking I had food, which I didn't. So I had to give it some crisps. <laughs> well, it came up and went back. It's very polite. I like it. I like it. Ah, oh, me too. I've been playing an awful lot of Among Us this week. That's literally. Oh, yes, I hear that so much around Among Us. I hear about it so much right now. I'm I'm not endorsing it because I'm being paid or anything at all. Like, <laughs> just literally, it's taken up far too much of my time this week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks, Dan. I just got paid by the developers. Cheers, man. Just my bank account just went ding ding. So I've, <laughs> I've got something. Oh shit! Well, I wasn't meant to say that on air, was I? Shit. <laughs> um. So before I go in the cupboard in two weeks, because you guys are going to do True Blood, um, I've got a new noise. It's called a wooga. If you hear an a wooga, that means wrap it up. Okay. It's a new game. Well, it's not a new game. What? You, it's basically trying to keep to the time slot. So we're so going to try. Basically, and keep... you're turning into John Fashion in yeah. Gladiators. Yeah. Gladiators. Yes. That's now I've got this vision of every time John Fashion sees a woman, a wooga. I don't know why. 
Wait, is it John Fashley? John Fashley hosts the um, Deal or No Deal in Nigeria. Wait, oh. he's Nigerian? <laughs> deal or No Deal in Nigeria, Nigeria is hosted by John Fashley. <laughs> <laughs> is, is it John Fashley gay? Yes, he is. No, his brother was gay. Oh, uh, yes, okay. Sure. No, John Fash John Fashion who is not. John Fashion was a quite notorious womanizer, allegedly. Um but yeah, all of the all of the um the boxes, rather than it being contestants, there's one contestant on the Deal or No Deal in Nigeria, and all the boxes are held by women in bikinis. Quality. I bet you stutters like I bet you stuttered back in gladiators when he said you eat ka 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 put some clothes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, let's get on. Beginning. Right, so who wants to go first? No, I'll go first. Bro. Okay. Oh boy, and we are off. <laughs> Troy, you should have kept saying nothing. You should have just left that with an awkward I silence. Think... <laughs> it's, like, it's like I sensed the silence and then something just forced me to say something. Like, what happened? Damn it. Oh boy. This might be the most bumpy start to the syndrome ever, but go ahead, Troy. Let's just see how bad oh, that is. It's going to be quite a fat shape forward, to be fair. Does it have tits as well? Or not? Right. Um, ages vary. Let's just say that. So, oh. so, so, so rally, Ben. So rally. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Let's kick this off now. Nah, let's do it. Yes. With a bit of Netflix okay. action right now. Okay. So it's a show that I've been literally. I've just finished it. Finished the season. I hope so. It's called Warrior Nun. Okay. Have you guys Warrior heard of that? Nun. Yeah. What fuck is that? <laughs> is it spelled N O N E or N U N? N U N. He's done it again, people. He's done it again. No, what are you no. talking about? What the what? No. Warrior Nun. Okay, so. It's based off like a little comic, so like a comic adaptation. So, okay, um, yeah, it's called Warrior Nun. So, it's about these group of like child nuns in the church fighting evil, fighting demons, fighting spirits, and just trying to, um, you know, what I'm saying protect the Vatican, you know, protect the world from evil, you know. So, literally, this show is so good. I was shocked. I was like, this show is gonna be so trash. And I saw the trailers, and then when I started watching it, got better. Better trust me. So it basically starts off in the nunnery, and there's a girl who's dead on the slab. And they open up this black bag, and this girl called Ava. There you go, Ava. God, I forgot her name. So Ava, um, played by Alba Baptista. She's a kind of like how you say basic protagonist, but the support cast is amazing. It's one of them ones again. It's almost like a Stargirl situation, but she she builds up to it. She builds up to her own in the basically in the show. So I wasn't as bad as Stargirl. She, she, she does all right. She does a good job. She's great at the actress. She's got good comedy timing. She reminds me of like early Buffy in a way. Early just um what's her name? Early, early uh what's the girl who start um stars Buffy again? What's her name again? Sir Michelle Geller. Yeah. She reminds me of her like an early version of her in a way. Obviously not as good but yeah she's amazing. Um, so basically, she gets this halo. So there's a special halo that's been around for generations. And once that halo is inserted into her, into Ava, by mistake, because they want to hide it from these demons who's tracking it down. Where is it inserted? In her back. Right, oh, in okay. her, right between the shoulder blades. That's just so... it was going to be. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, you said, where is it inserted? I was going to say a joke, but I was like, nah, I'll leave it. 
So <laughs> that's where I come in, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was waiting for you to go in there, man. I was waiting for you to go in there. You didn't pull the trigger. So I was like, okay. Um, so yeah, so it's in base of her back, and then it literally starts glowing. These powers just happen. She can phase through walls. She can do force field attacks. It's insane, literally. It's, does it, it, is it revealed that she's Kitty Pride and Invisible Woman's? Um, I'd say so. A little bit of a Kitty Pride thing. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, you got a point. I'm on it today. Right, you're on it. You're on it. I like that. So yeah, so it's basically um basically um based in Spain, obviously because um that's basically like a version of like a, the Vatican down there. It's like a version of like a massive church in Spain, and they go back and forth from like Italy and Spain sometimes. So, um, I love the world building. The world building in the show is awesome. And they've got other characters in there. There's a, a black girl called Shotgun Mary. She's like literally co-star. She's really amazing as well. She carries on shotguns, as you were the name, Shotgun Mary. Um, but she's not technically a nun, but she's part of the nun society because she's hired more of like a mercenary type in the show to kind of keep things ticking over, does the dirty jobs that no one wants to do, take people out that people are basically don't want to be seen as doing as a nunnery, you know what I'm saying? Part of the church. Okay, so um, she, she's... Like the lawful neutral character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's like, she's yeah, like, <clears throat> the Punisher. Yeah, she's the Punisher. Yeah, but at the same time, she's got like a moral compass at times. You know what I'm saying? When it really needs to be done, she's the one getting stuff done. You know what I mean? People are um, um, pussyfooting around. You know what I mean? So yeah, she's literally my favorite kind of show. She's amazing. I want to see the show with her in it. That sounds a lot. Oh, Mary is amazing. So I'm gonna say, but you got some good characters around there because I'm um, Sister Lilith. Um, Beatrice, because Sister Lilith is literally like um, a savage um, Ava, like she's just reverse. She's like the reverse flash to Ava's flash, if you know what I mean. Sister Lilith is, but she's, she's on the side of good, but at the same time, she's kind of has an evil streak in her because she um, wanted the, the halo that Ava got because she was supposed to be the next in line to get it. Whenever the original user dies, it's supposed to be passed on. So Lilith was supposed to be the one next up, but she didn't get it because it went to Ava. I'm a state. So she was ticked off. She's all constantly get, trying to fight Eva or she's trying to stop Shotgun Mary because Shotgun Mary's trying to protect Ava. So all this stuff is intertwining and the demon. Oh my God. And the, oh, so much the, the plot is awesome. The plot is actually awesome. There's a great twist towards the end as well, which I love. Um, the, the Pope's the bad guy. The Pope's. <laughs> literally, the Pope. You, you see the Pope and you're like, oh my days, it's going to be the Pope in it. So, the, so it's the warrior nun versus child molesters from the, the Vatican, or is there a bad guy behind nothing, it? There's nothing about um, no child molesters in there, so new. So nothing about that. Uh, thank goodness. Demons <laughs> and ghosts and monsters and yes, devils. That's what I would call the Pope Extra anyway. Extra-dimensional threats. And yes. You have to find the MacGuffin all the time. And we, there's a new power that gets revealed because yeah, suddenly the, the old the power evil. wasn't enough anymore. And <laughs> But yeah, literally the usual stuff that like, you see in like a stuff like this with like, powers and stuff like that. But um they do this, this power sparingly, which I like. And Shotgun Mary is kind of like the, the teacher to Ava in a way. She's I'm teaching her how to use abilities, and Beatrice is another one who kind of helps out a bit. And she's got a little bit of a past. So um so I'll say this is a really good show. Really good show to watch. Um, especially if you like um stuff like this, like supernatural shows. I love my supernatural shows, I love them. Supernatural powers, I'm I'm there. Demons, angels, I'm there. So that's that's my that's my pick for the first one. All right, a bit of a solid start right there. You know what I'm saying? Keep keeping it easy, I keeping just, it light. I would just like to add 93% on um, IGM. Oh, he's picked actually a decent one. I'm shocked too. Hey, check yeah. it out, man. 
check out a Netflix show. Hitting, hitting out in the park right now. Awesome. Maybe, maybe, maybe Square Eye Syndrome will represent Troy's opinions if this keeps happening. <laughs> oh, what are you talking about? One you, day. These guys, the disrespect. One you, day. You great bitch. Oh, always, always handing the, you know, just showing that brass ring there, Ben. <laughs> I know, isn't it? Is it? <laughs> man out here, look at him, Vince McMahon looking at Reach there. for it. Reach for it. Yeah, I'm reaching <laughs> for the brass ring. a glass ceiling on the breakthrough, yo. Stretch for it. I'm just going to move gonna, it back. He's going to bring out the kiss, my ass club. <laughs> No, 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 no. If I know one of my gay friends would have set up a suck my dick club. That's not me. Oh but my like, gosh! Oh, no, I would you want to kiss a guy's ass anyway. I never got anyway. They did. Oh, They'd probably have a fun life. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, there's ten episodes. The face. <laughs> go on, go on, babe. What are you gonna say? Hey, Troy. No, no. Hey, Troy. We we apologize. No, that's all, right, that's all right. So it's a fantasy drama, supernatural show. So 10 episodes, one season. Hey, it's been renewed for a second season as well, guys. So check it out. It's all right. Very, very popular, very popular. So, oh, oh, Troy, before you go into your oh, second oh. pick, I just want to say if you do find any of these picks, like if you like them, if you check them out, if you like anything about what we're saying, please do remember to subscribe. Yes. Because we subscribe, do like share, and we also love the views, the we love the likes. We are seeing you watching subscribes. So hit that big red button. It's not a panic alarm. Trust it's me. so that you can find us all the time. We know Trust you're watching. Video, you're sitting down, you're not doing anything else. Do what you need to do and help us out. Subscribe, follow the movement. Let's go. We're not even. We don't even hate America. We know most of you are American. So come on. Right, anyway. Oh man, support your support. So. So that's my first pick. And... <laughs> so if you watch a couple of episodes of this show, by the way, so I haven't finished it yet. I'm going about to. But um, it's a show, you, um, actually a lot of people have probably heard of HBO out here. It's going to HBO. Going to another part of America right now. Okay. Lovecraft Country. So. Dan, I've heard of this. this. I've heard of this. This is supposed <laughs> to be really good. My gosh, when I saw the first episode, like literally like last night, I was I was spamming through the episodes and I was like, my gosh, I love this show. I actually love this show. I was only episode few episodes in. I love it. So like I have some issues with champion championing Lovecraft because of you know personal power. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah, but you <laughs> do have to admit, as a world builder and as a yeah. mythology creator, yeah. there aren't many that no, he's, the, even close. he's the pinnacle. He's the pinnacle of like anything to do sci fi, any kind of like space god, space Jesus type of, of agenda storyline. I, I, I honestly think that time will tell Neil Gaiman better. Oh, no. Ooh, I, don't I honestly believe yeah. Neil Gaiman will take that title given the time. Given the time, yes. But in terms of like just pure law, I think H. Lovecraft, he's kind of stuff, he's weird, kind of like body horror type stuff. I love that. I love that stuff. I love it. Mm-hmm. That's just a personal opinion of mine. I love H. Lovecraft stuff. But obviously, the personal opinions aside of like true life and all that. Oh, story wise, king for me. But I love New Game. All right. I thought I love New Game. But um, yeah, yeah. yeah, so Lovecraft Country. So this is a more of a racial based show as well at the same time as the sci-fi elements so it's a mixture of both more like in the segregated 1950s where it's set in America so you have this um young guy 
who's literally played by who's played by. So um, who does he play at? Jonathan Major. Okay, so of his main main character. See, he's, he's the, the main character. By the way, I've just literally just found this out. He's gonna be Kang the Conqueror in the, the Ant Man sequel. I was like, what? He's gonna be Kang the Conqueror, bro. But before we get into all that, this is from this storyline right now. So he is gonna look for his father. His father apparently is in a place called Lovecraft Country, where all this mad stuff is happening, and he's trying basically brings his uncle, Uncle George, um, his friend called Letty, Letitia Lewis, played by Journey Smollett. Anyone knows about um Jossie Smollett, um, the actor who plays in Empire. This is his sister. She stars the show as well. Um, so they so they they go through um rural America, and obviously, as you know, racial stuff occurs. They're obviously getting chased by the white man, all that stuff. They're getting chased, um, they're getting attacked. Um white men. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you, do you see the Oh, fucking hell, that we are. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know about stuff in the 50s, yeah, so, especially that part of America, my God. Hey, current events, pertinent topics. <laughs> especially current events, you know, this kind of show coming out right now, especially, ooh, these kind of, like, racial tensions right now, but, yeah, continuing about H.P. Lovecraft, so, <laughs> the main character, he loves H.P. Lovecraft as well, so that's kind of the tie-in as well, there's a place called Love Country, and he loves H.P. Lovecraft, he loves reading his stories, it even starts off with um him him just dreaming of the world building that H.P. Lovecraft has done, and he's like dreaming of being in an alien movie or, or or trying to stop these alien threats from coming into reality, stuff like that. So he just dream, he's dreaming about that stuff before this even happens. Um, so then basically they get taken by these group of cops, they get harassed, and at the same time, they go, get down, get down the ground, get down on the ground. They go on the ground, they say, officer, we haven't done anything wrong. Obviously, all of a sudden, you see this massive creature just attacking the cops, biting them. And the cops start to transform to these mad creatures. Oh my gosh. Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Oh, I always say Cthulhu. Cthulhu is more like a ocean creature. But oh, okay. they're, they're, they're types of creatures like that. You know what I'm saying? They're types of like Lovecraft type creatures. Um, because he's got tons of them. There's tons of variations of them, like the, the Necronomicon, all that lore and stuff like that. Wait, you can mm-hmm. just go into that all day. <clears throat> but I could easily go into the that. The great like, old ones are merely the Yeah, the old ones. Ooh, stuff like the old ones. Yeah, hey, I could go into that all day for it to do with that. But Gonna keep it simple. Um, so then basically there's this the creature with like eyes all over its body, and it just takes the heads of all these guys and munches this guy's shoulder. Um, so much this guy's shoulder, and he just literally it's like a vampiric form, and he just tries to transform to this type of man werewolf, half alien type creature, and it's just it looks awesome. Yo. I was like, this show, this show is amazing. I've even got like as you said, the old ones. So you got um this um this white woman, blonde hair, blue eyes. She's kind of like this a witch, a sorcerer type of character in the show. Um, so she's gonna be like a main character in it at some point. She's literally a recurring character you see from time to time. Um, throughout the first couple of episodes that I saw, and she's helping them out. She's helping the black people out. Um, because apparently, this is a twist. I don't know if I should say it. Don't. Don't don't don't. But yeah, yeah. It's this okay. So it's, it's, it's about to twist. This oh, is actually not... one of those shows that people ought to go. Yes, and see yes, because... yes. Exactly. So I won't say. It. I won't spoil it. I won't spoil it. But she helps them out for reasons that you'll find out later in the show, or even like a couple of episodes in. To be fair, um, and they need him to like activate this kind of uh, device. So I'm gonna say, if I go into this, it's, this this show is, can get deep. So I ain't gonna go too far. Into that. Um, so she's kind of like a, the Jean Grey of the show. 
she's got like telekinesis and she can like but she's better she, she's a better actor than sophie turner right <laughs> yes yes thank my lord she's great she's a great actress i'm looking i'm like is she i'm like she, she's gorgeous i'm gonna like she's flipping gorgeous but um yeah so he's got stuff like that kicking off at the same time um um uh family issues going on at the same time you've got the racial stuff kicking off so it's it's amazing man this this show is really good and it's another type of almost like a supernatural ish type of show sci-fi supernatural horror so you got all that kind of blended in as well so hbo stuff um sometimes i say what else can i say about this show because this show is really good because if i say anymore it's going to spoil it because i could go all day with this show so you got you got possessions you got creatures you got human horrors, you know what I'm saying? You got literally body horror. You got all sorts, man. You got all sorts in this show. You can't go wrong. If you love anything to do with horror, even just thriller stuff, man. You know, dark secrets. Hey, you got suspension. You got all that, man. Fictional. Hey, hey, this is for you. Lovecraft Coffee, it's for you. No doubt. All right. That's what I'm going to say on these matters right now. But at the same time, before I finish, before I finish, um, let me do a quick rundown. So I did talk about the 100 at one point. So I'm going to finish this off. So I'll just finish off the 100. Anyone see the 100? You've heard of the 100, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That ending, though, the way they ended that show, <laughs> whew, very divisive, very divisive, because whew, anyone seen Childhood's End? Anyone seen that show? That, that, no. Um, no. That miniseries. Has no. anyone heard of it or seen it? I don't believe so. Oh, my days, Childhood's End. Oh, that's another show I need to talk about. Childhood's End. That's another one. I'm going to bring it up at some point, Childhood's End. But if you haven't seen it, go check it out, because Childhood's End it has almost like this, this space god where it has like this um conscious hive mind where humanity gets raptured. It's almost like a rapture storyline, how they ended 100. And I was like, you know Clark? Clark, the main character, she, she does all this questionable stuff, and literally she gets left behind. And her friends get raptured, and she literally the only one left because she gets found wanting. And they said, "Oh no, you're too evil. You can't rapture with us." Blah blah. blah. You have to stay down here. So then, her friends leave a virtual alien paradise to kind of live the rest of humanity because that's the rest of humanity left. There's about ten or fifteen of them left, and that's humanity literally done. After they're dead, they can't have any kids. That's the that's the rule. They can't have any kids or anything. So that's the end of humanity wiped out. So that ending was crazy. Of the hundred. But yeah, that's my little update on the hundred guys. That's me done. All right. <laughs> Insane, trust me. We didn't even get Nawuga. No. <laughs> All right. Well done, Troy. Woo! Did it just in time. Um, and uh, off the back of that, I'd like to go second if nobody minds. Oh, yeah. It's time. Time is All alive. Right. Okay, Tom. Tom, I thought Tom had gone into unconsciousness. No, 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 I'm here. Good to know. <laughs> okay, go for it, Tom. Um, Dan. Dan, so just because there has been this kind of fantasy theme that's run through what Troy's been doing, yeah, my first choice also carries on with that fantasy theme. This isn't a show I've seen all of. In fact, I only actually started watching it this week at um, after a lot of pressure from my friend, the ghost, Sammy. We've had on one episode before. Uh, she has been on at me to watch this show for a while because it contains a lot of plotline 
hook things that I would like and stuff like that. Is she present again? Hmm? Is she present with you right now? She no, she isn't present with me right now. She, uh, I will not be visited by her until I believe Saturday. At least she tells you when she's coming to haunt the apartment. That's quite nice, isn't it? Yeah, she has to. I've got to get the commander decks ready. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, she has been after me watching this for a while, and I checked it out, and I was pleasantly surprised because it sounded like your average fare, and in some ways it is, but it's just nicely done if you like that kind of thing, and I do. It's on Crunchyroll. It's an anime called Black Clover. Oh, you have now officially taken choice spot. Is that the one with the really annoying? I tried to watch this because the main character kept screaming, and I just checked out. I kid you not, I've, I've wanted to watch the show, but I've never got around to watching it because people keep telling me it's good. Some people okay. say it's not good. Some so I don't know. Literally, I've I've barely mentioned the show, and Ben has picked out the absolute worst feature <laughs> of the entire show. And you know, ben, you know. I've heard he gets better, but the thing is, at the beginning of the show, if a character's really annoying, the main character's really, really annoying, that will put me off, because that's the main character. And I tried to watch two or three episodes, and he but was this, just screaming all the time like a kid in a supermarket. One this thing. is a much more... like it, This is not a... Western tropes focused show. Yeah, that's why this is a very Eastern tropes focused show, and that character is a very normal beginning for a character in this kind of show. Yeah, completely hot headed, completely overzealous, um, over optimistic, and somehow gets away with it. (laughs) Yeah, but this one it does it a little bit differently. The beginning of the show begins with this history of the land that you're in and in the history of the land that you're in it was at one point in this massive amount of danger from the demons and everybody thought that humanity was completely lost and then one single mage just completely dominated all the demons and wiped them the fuck out yeah right and he was given the title the wizard king and apart from the king he was the most like politically powerful person in the entire land. Yeah. And any everyone in the land is supposed to have magical powers. A little bit like in My Hero Academia, everyone's supposed to have superpowers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, this everyone is supposed to be able to at least manage to deal with one kind of magic. And at your coming of age, you get a grimoire which then amplifies your magical potential. Okay. And then we get into the character beginning storylines where two foundlings are left on the same night in a rural poor village at the steps of a church. They're obviously not like brothers or identical twins or anything, but they are dressed in the same kind of clothes and their clothes are stitched with names on them. One's called Yuno and the other's called Asta. And they're taken in by the priest and by the nun that live there. And them and some other foundlings are all brought up under the roof of the church. And it's quite a nice little rural pastoral, like, poor. They're always having to go and beg other places for more potatoes. 
It's like a running joke. Okay. <laughs> and they like people travel around on broomsticks. They just uh, click their fingers, and there's a flame, or there's a tornado, or there's a ball of water, or you know, or they can mold the earth or something. And this happens from quite an early age. And you know who is the dark-haired, serious, prone to tears, sensitive, quiet one. Yeah. Shows a remarkable proficiency for magic. Those ones, okay. (laughs) And Asta, who is the sort of greyish, blonde, loud, really like overzealous i'm gonna be the fucking best nothing can fucking stop me bro it's basically naruto sasuke's type relationship from the beginning of naruto he has absolutely no magic (laughs) none whatsoever and he tries his absolute hardest to train his body into reaching some kind of physical peak at which point his magic's gonna like Oh, it's going to click in and it's not happening and it's far too late and he should have developed something by now and everyone laughs at him and everyone's like this deluded fool and the grimoire ceremony comes up and something I didn't mention about grimoires is the Wizard King guy, his grimoire was a four-leaf clover emblem on it. Most people get a three-leaf clover which signifies that you have enough magical potential. The four-leaf clover has like an insane amount of good luck applied to it, which basically increases magical (laughs) potential. Yeah. And when the grimoire ceremony happens, you know, gets a four leaf clover grimoire, which does not happen. (laughs) And Asta gets nothing at all. Mm. And then almost immediately afterwards, Asta's going like, what the hell's going on with my life? What am I doing? I, I, and he's like re-resolving himself that he's going to try again. No matter how long it takes, he's going to manage to achieve his goal of getting a grimoire and becoming the wizard king. Because uh, then he can make real. life better yeah. for everyone. Yeah. And in the meantime, Yuno's getting ambushed by someone who used to be in like the premier magical group, the Magic Knights. Yeah. And is now a thief of grimoires. What? Because there's a collector's market for them. And because this is a four-leaf clover grimoire that's just been given to someone who's completely new, regardless of how powerful or how talented he is, the fact that he doesn't have the experience means he's still an easy target. Hmm. And so he gets targeted by this guy who uses some kind of chain magic. You know, mainly uses wind, air magic. Um, this guy uses rings. Ask my wife will tell you. I'm a good king of farters. That's my magic. I'm a magic. Uh, I'm a magician of wind. Oh my God. So that joke didn't work. Sorry. Wow. What kind of thaumaturgist would you that would, like? Kind of title would you apply to someone who used <laughs> farts as magic? Come on, Answers in the comments, please. Um, <laughs> No, um, sorry. So, this guy uses a kind of chain magic, you know, mainly uses air magic. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this guy basically attacks some snobs 
who were butthurt that they didn't get as good a grimoire as this peasant while they were on their way to attack the peasant. And then he himself chains them and you know up and steals the grimoire. And Asta realizes this is happening and turns up to help and initially just gets his ass kicked by the guy who can wield chain magic. And he taunts him by saying, by the way, you know my chains can read magical potential and you literally have zero. Oh, wow. And he's like, he's like on the verge of giving up. And the whole way through up until this point, you know, has not even been friendly to him, despite the fact that it's commonly acknowledged that they used to be inseparable. Yeah. And whenever Asta's claiming that you know is his rival, you know isn't even responding to this, and he's doing it like really boldly and desperately, and it's not happening. He's about to give up, and you know says, "Actually, not. He's my rival. You're not going to get rid of him that easily." And he goes, yeah, and he gets a resurgence in himself. And at that point, he gets a grimoire, which has a five-leaf clover on it. Though not many people can make it out because it's really, yeah, it's really grimy and, like, it looks decrepit. But it has a five-leaf clover on it. And in the fifth leaf on a five-leaf clover in a grimoire resides a demon. Oh. And this demon grants uh, Asta the ability to get this sword out of the book. This sort of buster sword looking thing. Yeah. But it's black and it it's supposed to look, I think, old. And like, I don't know, maybe evil, maybe not, but certainly dark. Yeah. Like that's, those much. are the main characteristics of this sword. It's a big and old and dark sharp blade like a buster sword from oh, cloud like strife Ichigo. final fantasy 7 like uh Bleach. uh what was his name siegfried in soul caliber oh, massive, massive just <laughs> two-handed sword but he holds it like two-handed and one-handed at different points and it's mm. just yeah and with this he basically cuts through the chains and defeats this thief. And this is the beginning of this entire saga. They're going on to try and join the Magic Knights, um, which, from what I have seen, spoilers, they make it into the Magic Knights. Yeah. I'll leave it how they do that and how that happens and all of that to people who want to watch it, because it's actually worth watching. Uh, I like the, the Irish element. I love that. The Clover stuff. I love that stuff. This is what I said. I've heard from a lot of people to, that I should go back and watch it because it does get better. I haven't got very far with it. I don't know where it goes. I've seen snippets of much further along episodes, but not enough to make sense of where this storyline's going. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it, it's really good. Um, go watch it. It's on Crunchyroll. Um, and also go read it if you want to go read it because it's also a manga. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that. Black Clover. And now we're going to have a change of focus, a change of topic. I will get announcement. I will get announcement. Keep it short. Um, 
what's the Awuga announcement? Um, how okay. Basically, how long do you need for the next one? Well, it depends. It's walking with dinosaurs. Oh, walking with dinosaurs! I got the whole box. I remember this. This is nostalgia. Dinosaurs love it. Yeah, because like it was around that time that like 1999, like turn of the millennium kind of time, Hmm. and like Doctor Who was just coming into being a dominant force in British television again, Hmm. and. The other thing that was really dominating British television at that time that everyone could could agree was just brilliant were these nature documentaries that the BBC were putting out. Mm. Uh, We had the Blue Planet, which came out, which was absolutely amazing. And then they started teasing that they were going to do a prehistoric one. Yes. And then they started showing all of these CGI advancements that they were doing at the time, which were completely groundbreaking. And literally, even watching it now, and I've been watching it today to get ready for the podcast, it's astonishing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing. Dan, Dan, did you, you know what? I, 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 I used to collect them, you know, from the magazines. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I got the dinosaurs. I got all of them. I got all of them. I got them right here. It's crazy. I got the dinosaurs as well. I got all of them. Does it... the CGI still hold up? Hmm? Does the CGI still hold up? Still pretty good. No, no, no. Maybe? Seriously, one hundred percent, it still holds yeah. up. Like there are bits where you can tell that there Watch was that there's there's stuff that still needs to be done, but it's mostly like larger crowd scenes where they're struggling with perspective and distance and how much detail to put into a shot and the reason for that issue is because our picture quality has even gotten better since then yeah um but even at that point like those details i had to go looking because I, I at the beginning I was like just wow this is amazing and then I was like no I have to be critical about this I have to find these yeah if they exist because I have to be accurate about it and I had to go looking for it I had to be nitpicky about it um it holds the Guinness World Record for the most expensive documentary series per minute ever produced wow um. I watched the one which was narrated by Kenneth Branagh, which I think would have been the one that you guys watched as well. Yeah. Go on. Uh, I go back and watch. I've got this massive disc case. I've got this massive... But for anyone who is um, in our American audience, you may have seen the one that was narrated by Ben Stiller. Oh, dear oh, God. He, he which I'm a little... I'm a bit jealous of that, to be honest. So... <laughs> Oh, yes, no, no, I have heard a bit of that, yes. And that was for Prehistoric Planet. Yes. Which was yeah. the, it, uh, it's the same thing. Um, we also have an amazing score for that um, documentary, which was done by Ben Bartlett. Mm. Um, wow, it's yeah. a Walking thing. with Dinosaurs, Vera, The Tunnel, Lucky Man. He's done a lot of stuff that's been like some of the top British TV um, music scores. Yeah. 
<laughs> that, that score is amazing. I've got to admit, that score is awesome. It's brilliant. Um, yeah, like it. I don't know where you would get it because I have it on DVD. Yeah, same. <laughs> but, um, like literally, you'll probably find it in a DVD store if you can't find it anywhere online. Like, there are still places selling DVDs, and this will be one of the ones that they'll still be pumping out because yeah. there will always be a demand for this series. There isn't anything which has topped that since then, other than things which add to it. Like, what was it? Walking with Beasts? Walking with Beasts, yes. Was it? Or I think it was Walking, I don't know with, beasts, walking with Monsters or Walking with Beasts or something beasts. like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, so it's also I've just found the episodes on YouTube. So if you're trying to find your DVDs, you can always go to YouTube. <clears throat> there you go, easiest yeah. solution. Yeah, man, you've made me fucking nostalgic, Dan. Ah, flipping love that. That was a Thank great. Thank you very much. Great pick. Can I? Ju- I'm just going to finish off it. It's not just us that love it. It received absolutely phenomenal critical acclaim. It did. It won two BAFTA awards. It won three Emmys, and it won a Peabody Award. Ooh, and yeah. yep, it began a franchise and was followed by two additional miniseries, along with lots of spin-offs and TV specials, a live theatrical show, and a feature film of the same name. <laughs> Like for a documentary series, it it really did break some new ground, and that's all I can say about that. Hmm. Um, I still think the Land Before Time series is the best thing with dinosaurs in it. Just Land Before Time, not even Jurassic Park. I agree. (laughs) There was too many of them, but my God, I love them. Dan, you just reminded me of another pick I'm going to choose soon. Okay, you've just kind of inspired me to do one. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Tom, you want to come up? You've been so quiet in the background, we forgot you were here. Yeah, no, I've been just listening. These guys have been so passionate about what they're talking about. And I don't know the shows particularly well, so I don't want to disturb them on it, you know? Joking. That's what I do. Yeah, but... Uh, the fact that these shows are obviously things that they're truly passionate about, I want to sit back and listen to why they're passionate about them. It gives me a reason to go and watch them. If they can sell it to me, which is what they, which is what I think part of this is about, is selling our picks to the to, to the rest of us. So yeah, that's why I've been quite quiet. Just no other reason. I've just literally been enjoying listening to you guys talk about stuff. Uh, right, bro, I do that sometimes as well. I'm just like, I just want to hear the greatness. <laughs> I'm officially the joke now. Right, I know my role. I'm the guy that will put six innuendos in somewhere. That's fine. I'm good with that. Yeah. I can appreciate your show. Yes, You're the inappropriate comments, dude. Yeah. I'm the yeah. man of this podcast. Oh, <laughs> oh, no, no, don't don't put yourself down, man. Here we go. Oh, oh. I wouldn't be that harsh. I really wouldn't. <laughs> Thomas, you're out. Right. So is it on me now? Okay. Well, I'm going to keep it fairly quick this week. Um, I've kind of gone back a bit in time to something. Now, the thing I'm going to talk about on both of my picks are adaptations of really good books. 
And yeah. I, I've done this before. I've spoken about it, but, but it's, I've, I've said this before. It's really difficult to adapt a book well. And there are two writers who I think is actually very tricky to do it with. The first one is a guy called Tom Sharp. Okay. Now, I don't know how many of you guys know Tom Sharp. I know Dan does. I know Tom yep. Sharp. Tom Sharp is, he was a, um, I think he was a Cambridge graduate. He's, he mm-hmm. lived in Cambridge and he lived in South, he lived in apartheid Peter South. House. He, yep. Was he Peter House? No, I don't think so. He, he, he was actually Peter House. So he's not Pat Sharp's brother, no? No. No. Okay, no, 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 no. <laughs> but anyway, this, this guy, he was middle-class white guy who marched with um, the people against apartheid in South Africa until he got thrown out by the establishment. Things like that. So he's, But he's also one of the best satirical writers in the world. Yeah, he's, written loads of, he's written loads of books that are the funniest thing on earth if it's your kind of humour. But they're virtually impossible to adapt and there's only been a couple of attempts ever made and one of them is a book that you might have heard of as a TV show called Porterhouse Blue. Ooh. Don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's available on uh, all four. Channel Four were the ones who put it out years ago, oh, and so they've what? still got it on their system. Porterhouse Blue. Say that again. What's that? Porterhouse Blue. So basically, what I'll give you a quick background is it's set in it's set in Cambridge. It's set in the University of Cambridge at one of the colleges, at a college called Porterhouse which is essentially a shot at Peterhouse because it's all about how this college is all about excess and eating swans and duck liver pate and, all, and how, oh. all the, or how all of the fellows are totally out of touch with reality and all this. <laughs> it's, abs- it's brilliant and they're all ridiculous characters and they're so... And it follows kind of two or three of the students at the school as well as the actions of... Oh, new- wait, wait a second. Wait, it's coming back to me. Yeah, oh, do you know it? I think, I, think, I, think, I think I've seen it. I think I've seen oh, it. You might have done. The TV, this adaptation is brilliant. The book is better. Yeah. I'm not going to... It's a very... This... It, it's a dry, witty TV show. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's coming back to me now. But yeah, so basically it's got... Within the cast, um, the main character is played by David Jason, and he's the porter. And that, if you've ever been to an, an Oxbridge college, the porters, especially in the older <clears> college, are very proprietorial mm-hmm. and they're absolute arseholes mm-hmm. towards anyone. You so much as cough near the greens and they'll fucking throw you out kind of level. And you he- have to basically treat them like currently nursing mother bears. Yes. <laughs> That's, that they have about this. You have to have the same level of respect for the Oxbridge porters as them. Like... If they respect you and they know you're not a threat to their establishment and the order that they keep and the happy running of everything, then the, 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 you go on about your business. If not, then so they, have, they sound much better than the police. In the- <coughs> no, no, they are essentially the police. Yeah, I mean, so um, they never actually do their job properly in the, the police. Um, well, it's they, their job like, isn't actually that hard. They're kind of a throwback. Shout and out Barry and Lionel, like yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> just. <laughs> That you guys don't know that Barry and Lionel were two of the porters at our college, yeah. and they were the nicest guys on earth. They caught me smoking weed and let me get away with it. They were just, they were top, top, top <laughs> nice people. <laughs> they were absolutely great. I literally, my main memory of them is 
being in a complete panic and we had a 24 hour library. So being in the library at like three o'clock in the morning, trying to actually do work at like uh, through the night instead of sleeping and yeah, then absolutely. literally turning up with cups of tea. <laughs> yeah. They were great. Yeah, that they were so nice. I mean, the head, por- the head porter was an absolute dick, but um, yeah, that's, that's another story. And going back onto Porter House Blue, that's exactly what David Jason's character plays, a complete, dickhead of a porter oh, yeah. who basically <laughs> feels like he runs the show and then you've got a new um, master so the new like principal yeah. of the college and he's decided he's going to renovate everything and he's played by uh, Ian Richardson oh he, okay <laughs> yeah. you've also got people like Charles Gray hmm. if you know I don't know if you know who Charles Gray is oh, um, I suppose the most famous thing would be the Rocky Horror Show he was the yeah. narrator that's what I think of yeah that's all I want to be right now but I mean, he's 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 been in but he's he, he played Blofeld in Bond films for God's sake. He's he's massive actor. Yeah, he's been around. Uh, yeah, John Sessions, Griff Reese Jones. There's some amazing actors in this thing, mm-hmm. and it's just the most ridiculous thing. I think you have more of an appreciation of it if you've been to these kind of institutions. Yeah, you've been there. Yeah, you obviously because yeah. you understand the way it's, it works. I mean, it's it's just it's. It's too close to the bone. It's true. <laughs> but my my favourite thing is, and this is once again going off the TV show, which I truly recommend, go and watch it. But we, as a college, we used to, wind, every other college in Cambridge used to wind up Peterhouse by any time we were having any kind of sporting event against them, anything, we all referred to them as a Porterhouse rather than Peterhouse. And it drove them nuts. It was one of our favourite activities. <laughs> Oh man, my school days. But, um, yeah, like I say, it's it's all about it's a mixture of old traditions versus new traditions, and it's absolutely brilliant. And it's like I say, adaptations of that kind of humour are very difficult to do. The book itself, I laugh every, pretty much every second of. The TV show is a little more subtle, and it but it and it does it brilliantly. It's it's adapted it better than pretty much anything else. But Tom Sharp is virtually impossible to adapt and Porterhouse Blue is just an absolute ripper, it's brilliant so yeah, that's that's my re- that's my first recommendation second one is going to one of my other favourite writers of all time is Agatha Christie Oh, now a lot of Agatha Christie stuff has been adapted and I've watched most of it, but the book that um, she's famous obviously for Poirot and Miss Marple and all those things but the book that's actually considered her best piece of work is a book called And Then There Were None. Mm. Oh, okay. It's a group of ten people who find themselves on an island <clears throat> been invited by various people, all of them having the initials U-N-O-N, unknown. Hmm. And they've all been invited and they've been given different reasons for getting this, but when they arrive at the island, they can't get back off the island. So it's only when they get there they realise that they've all been invited under very different pretenses. And um, yeah, so basically it's about there's only the well, you don't know for sure, but there's only the ten of them on the island, and one of them starts killing the others. And the whole reason they've been brought there is because all of them are guilty of a crime to some degree. And whoever the killer is, is bumping them off 
and they're doing it according to a poem that they used to have that they that's in the it's in every single room in this house they're on this big house the only house on this like small island and in every single bedroom they've got this poem so basically it was adapted by the bbc in 2015 it's got an amazing cast to it, but I'll give you a bit more background on the story. So basically they're all there, they're having dinner together and then suddenly a voice starts booming through the, like from another room on, and it's on one of those old speakers. Obviously this is set in the 1930s and it's somebody basically telling them why they're there and what their crimes are. So you've got an ex-policeman who beat up somebody in the cells. You've got a judge who sent somebody down who he knew to be innocent. Yeah. A guy who ran over a couple of children because he liked speed, he liked driving fast. And it's just, there's just, they've all done something and some of it is, none of them would ever be found guilty in a court of law. Uh, so it's like the, there's a doctor who was drunk and killed someone on the operating table but nobody could prove that they were drunk or that they'd messed up on the, because it was a dangerous operation. Things like that. So these are people who were never, ever going to be punished yeah, for cool things they'd done or they'd got like a really small punishment, like the guy who ran people other people over. It was an accident and he got his car, he got his license suspended for six months. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> yeah. So basically, whoever the murderer is has gone, you know what? These people have not been punished enough for what they've done in their lives. And the whole idea is that as time goes on, initially they think the first couple of people who die, you think, oh, that could have been an accident because it was innocuous enough. Yeah. But the first person chokes to death and you go, well, did he have an allergic reaction? Maybe. Next person just doesn't get up the next morning, <laughs> died in their sleep. Yeah. Um. So potentially they could have not been murders you don't know and then it starts becoming more and more obvious that somebody so then they all start searching for the murderer on the island and they, they, they as time goes on they come to the realization there's nobody else on the island so it must be one of them and it's all about the tension of these people just not trusting each other whilst having to work with each other Love to it. find out it's beautiful it's Listen, absolutely man, that's the game <laughs> the, the, the tv show <laughs> Apart from the fact that this is one of the most classic pieces of literature <laughs> compared to a phone game, sorry, sorry, I'm, be I'm being very snobbish there. I do apologise. Um, <laughs> Mine's like a Vincent Price movie. Oh, I, I, I knew what I was doing when I said it. <laughs> oh, no, I, know you did. I, I, I did it that's with full job. knowledge of what I was doing. I know <laughs> oh, that, that's why I didn't let it go. <laughs> so yeah, basically, yeah. But, um, what I'm going to do is just quickly, I'm going to give you the rhyme. And basically, the killer is using the rhyme as a as like a way to kill people. He's kind of doing it according to the rhyme. Yeah. So, so the it's uh, on a place called Soldier Island, and it goes: Ten little soldier boys went out to dine. One choked his little self, and then there were nine. First person to die, like I said, died of choking. Yeah. Nine little soldier boys sat up very late. One overslept themselves, and then there were eight, which is exactly what happened again. Eight little soldier boys travelling in Devon, which is where the book is set. One said he'd stay there, and then there were seven. And there's one of the people kind of accepts quite early on that they're just going to die and that he's in the wrong and he should die. <laughs> so it kind of works with that. Seven little soldier boys chopping up sticks. One chopped himself in half, and then there were six. You can guess what happened to him. 
six little soldier boys playing with a hive, a bumblebee stung one, and then there were five. Okay. Five little soldier boys going into law, one got into chancery, and then there were four. Four little soldier boys going out to sea, a red herring swallowed one, and then there were three. <laughs> Two soldier boys sitting in the sun, one got frizzled up and oh, I went three soldier boys walking in the zoo, a big bear hugged one, and then there were two. Two little soldier boys sitting in the sun, one got frizzled up and then there were none. One little soldier boy left all alone, he went out and hanged himself and then there were none. And basically, that's essentially what happens is the book ends, well, sort of, of the TV. The TV show shows how it all happened. In the book, it's done that basically it's a complete mystery. They, the police arrive on the island after three days to find everybody dead. Nobody has survived. <laughs> Sounds like yeah. the show should end with the with the song Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy. Oh, <laughs> no. But no. just just That's just Superman. Just no. Anyway. Just I'm just gonna ignore that completely and play. <laughs> the way he did that was funny. <laughs> so yeah, basically in the book, the police have no idea. Because they had, like, the diaries of people, because in those days people still kept diaries. So they were able to see how it went until, like, the last three, and then they couldn't work it out. But everybody was dead, and that's fair enough. And then they receive a letter that was sent by the actual killer, who is one of the people who's dead. But he... And, yeah. Um, but the cast is freaking amazing on this. And It's getting watched immediately. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got um, I think Charles Dance. Okay. Play, oh, plays yes. plays the judge. Um, Sam Neill plays an ex-soldier. Uh, Miranda Richardson, Toby Stevens, Aidan Turner. All of these guys play major characters within the show, yeah. and they're all flipping brilliant. Uh, it's just it's so tense. It's so dark it's a three-parter it's about i think each episode's about an hour and a half long yeah and it really draws it out and it, oh it's just it's so well done it's one of the best the book is amazing this is one of the few adaptations that has, it's been adapted five or six times i've seen all of the adaptations and this is the only one that truly gets where the book was and makes you feel as uncomfortable as the book does and it's because you've got people like Aidan Turner who is just when he plays Stone Cold Psycho, he plays brilliant Stone Cold Psycho. Yeah. But you don't know he, he's kind of you, you think he's a bit psychotic, but you're not quite sure with him. But that's true of loads of the characters. And it's like it's yeah, it's a beautiful, well well told story. Cause over time you find out what each one person each person did that made them guilty. Yeah. So you see their backstory played out as well. And it's just, yeah, it's so, so worth it. Such a good cast. I cannot speak highly enough about it. And yeah, I, there's nothing I can add to that. Go and see it. Go watch. <laughs> yeah, basically, go watch. <laughs> with it, with it. And that's me. Okay. Oh. Okay. Beams. Lovely. <clears throat> so, 
I'm bringing up the rear, not for the first time. Right, so, talking about bringing up the rear, um, I wanted to talk about bottom, which is... <laughs> oh my gosh, that segway. Timing. Segway. <laughs> Segway's oh, off the chart. I have another one in a minute, but that's fine. So, bottom is a television. <laughs> <laughs> I will even interrupt my, my picks for dirtiness. Um, bottom <laughs> is a British um, television sitcom um, from the 1993, no, hold on. Ah, yeah, it was early 90s, so it went for three seasons. It was created by Adrian uh, Edmondson and Rick Mayo. Adrian Edmondson. Thank you. I can't speak today. And Rick Mayo. Um, You guys might know him more for Drop Dead Fred. Um in america i don't know if he's that famous in america but um they're basically edwards eddie and richie they are too crude perverted i think they're crude and perverted flatmates they have no jobs little money they live in hammersmith i didn't know this um they basically beat the shit out of each other it's basically two absolute horrible people um <laughs> who just decide to beat the absolute living tire of each other with everything that is um, not nailed down in the flat, basically. Pans, chairs, everything. So, I'm going to keep it short because we're running long, but I was wondering what you guys' um, favourite bottom moments are. Because I know you guys know this show, right? My personal favourite moments from bottom are from bottom live. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> What's your favourite part of Bottom Night? When they completely plank. <laughs> you mean he wins the Kyle, forgets his fucking lines, as he does every fucking time. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> and when it's they just completely stack it and both just lose it laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it's just you can go, you can actually go onto YouTube, and there are just outtakes from their live shows of Rick Mail fucking up, basically. <laughs> and it's some of the funniest. But um, he just, he just, he's so. They're both amazing improv comedians. Yes, they, that's the they thing. Were both born for the stage, yeah. So, like, they don't. It, it doesn't matter to them. Like, fucking up is just an opportunity Yeah. <laughs> whenever you get to that level of talent. So they, they do play it fast and loose with everything they do to do with bottom. It's true. Like, it's, it's the loosest of the shows that they actually have anything to do with. But do you guys enjoy it, though, like the TV show? Because there hasn't been another TV show yeah. like it since. The TV yeah. show, like, a, like Dan said, Rick Mayle and Adrian Emerson together are better... Live, because they have more than they, they are. Those characters work better on stage. If, if that makes, I mean, don't get me wrong, I've got the entire box set of Bottom, and I, I enjoy it. I really enjoy it. But the live shows trumpet all to hell. Well, I'm gonna be honest with you. They're both they're both shows are on a stage. What's the difference? Because they both have a studio audience. I've never seen the live shows. So yeah, but the TV show can be re-edited 19 times until they get the line exactly the way they want it. Yeah. Whereas in a live setting, yeah. it's them just going for it. 
they they have to wing it. Yeah, and, and they, they have to keep going. Yeah. And if they stack it and if they mess up, they have to keep I mean, going. They have to find a way to keep going. And that's where the genius yeah. happens. But, so not to hijack your thing for two seconds here, Ben. Bottom Live on Stage 2 was mid-90s. And it's absolutely brilliant. And basically the story of it is they end up nearly nearly killing the Queen with a homemade firework that's made of sentence. To be honest, who has one of the, the old bitch at this point? But no. She's immortal. You're not going to manage it. But the second half of the show is set in prison. And it's the two of them sharing a cell in prison, trying to work out, number one, how they're going to stop Richie from getting raped by Mr. Big, and number two, how they're going to escape in general. Um, but just before this show happened... I don't know if you remember this. There was an incident where Rick Mail was doing a serious play about two people in prison with Stephen Fry. And yeah. Stephen Fry, who has quite serious bipolar, yeah. had a kind of break and ended up famously getting on a ferry and disappearing to Belgium. Yeah. He just put on a berry, dark glasses, and fucked off and disappeared for two weeks. Yeah. And then finally reappeared. They did the show and it was all fine. But, um,. On about the ninth occasion of Rick Mail fucking up in Bottom Live on stage two, Adrian Emerson finally goes, "That's right, that's it. I'm getting my dark glasses. I'm heading to Belgium. Just fucks off off stage." And it's just things like that. Just, just <laughs> right, that's it. Just leaves. <laughs> <laughs> and it's stuff like that. It's the it's being. I, I suppose you'd say it's being woke these days, but it's um yeah. It's 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 the awareness, the playing with playing with the audience, and it's just yeah, these guys are experts at it because you'll get a different reaction off an audience every night, and they play with it beautifully. They mess around with it, they have so much fun with it. And the the show, seriously, watch. I would say watch Bottom Live on Stage Two. It's called the Big Number Two Tour because they're not childish at all, and um. But if you're going to watch any of them, watch. I will lend you Bottom Live on Stage Two. Watch it, and you'll see just how good they are as a live as, as live performers. Yeah. So that was slightly more than two minutes. But... Sorry, my 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 apologies. <laughs> no, that's all right. It's good that you guys have latched onto it and that you enjoy it. Um, Troy, what do you what do you remember about the show? Flipping hell, man! To be honest, what they said because literally I haven't watched Bottom in so long. When they brought up, I actually remembered some of it because I haven't watched it in so long. But all I remember is being funny. That's all I remember about that show. It's been so long. The only, the only thing I remember about Rick Mail was like literally and just him, just him alone. It's just mostly about his um his tales that he used to do back in the day. You know, in the armchair that that show he used to do. Yeah, the bottoms. We we spoke about that a few weeks ago. Yeah. So, Rick Rick Mail's Grim Tales. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, Bottoms was just like, it was a great. All I remember just being funny, just me cracking up. I can't remember any one episode, to be fair, or even yeah. the live stuff. I can't remember mm-hmm. it at all, literally. I just remember laughing. That's all I remember, literally. I remember but that's not that's not a bad thing. Exactly. You just remember it. Literally. That's, 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 there's it's been no... so long since I've seen it. Yeah, it's like trying to say, what's your favourite episode of Trigger Happy TV? <laughs> yeah, it's like certain things you just can't do it. <laughs> it's impossible. <laughs> it's just um, great timing, that's all I know. Yeah, and so talking of bottoms and bringing up the rear, I know I want to talk about pose. Um, yes, okay. what? No, no, I'm joking. No, um, it, yeah, but I wanted to talk about pose. 
um, which is a very um, critically acclaimed show set from America. It's American drama television series about New York City's African American and Latino LGBTQ um, and gender non-conforming culture scene, ballroom scene in the 80s. Um, the second season moves to the 90s. I've only watched the first season so far. Um, have you guys watched this before? No. This is the first time it's ever like entered my field of knowledge in any kind, of, kind of bog business, bog strike pose, that kind of thing. Yeah, so I'm going to give it 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. Yeah, it's basically um, the, what the best show I've seen this year. Um, okay. It's obviously, I've talked about the drag race before. This is before your time, Dan. There was a bit where I was talking about um, RuPaul's Drag Race quite a lot. Um, this is where the scene got birthed in America. It's based on that. Um, and it's just basically centers on basically, it's basically about how do I describe it? It's difficult to. Um, it's, so the first season set in 87, 89. Um, it's about some people. The main character is um, Blanca. Um, she, we, she's the main character. Um, she decides to leave the House of Abundance and start her own house of Envergenza uh, or something. I can't say it. So she starts recruiting. It's basically a fashion walk. The ballroom is like a fashion walk-off. The subject is blah, blah, blah. And they win trophies. Uh, there's houses with different dances in it but what it does mainly do is it deals with obviously the 80s AIDS, HIV um, going through the gay community um, and obviously it's a black it's a very strong black cast it's like Black Panther, it's a big um, spotlight on black actors and the five of the cast are actual transgender um, actors or actresses that I've never seen before. Um, so it's the it's just how do it's just brilliant. Um, the, it's written very well. It's from the guys who did Glee and American Horror Story. So you know quality. Yeah, it's amazing. It's not yeah, the thing is a lot of people with drag race, it's very loud, drag queens, rah, you know. This isn't about that, it's about fashion, it's about the gay community. But it's a lot more serious. Um, there's one scene that made me cry. Um, there's a player called Pray Tell, who is like the announcer, the MC for the ballroom. Um, his boyfriend's in hospital with HIV. And he's going <clears throat> at one point, just says, How many more boyfriends do I have to take into hospital and never see them leave? And how and how many more? Why would I want to commit to another relationship after this? you know, with this disease. Uh, it just feels like, you know, COVID now is a scary time in the world. It kind of made me feel like I could relate to that a lot. And it makes you realise how much gay people and transgender people went through to get where we are now. Um, but it does have some of the best lines ever. <clears throat> it's written by the guys who did Glee, so you know, it is also funny. One of the best lines is um, the most intelligent thing that's come out of your mouth is a penis. 
I've actually heard you use that line before. Yeah, I've stole it from this show. Um, but no, it's just generally a good show, and I wanted to highlight. Not it. directed at me. I, I hesitate. To say. Uh, don't no, hesitate. No, to say. no, 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 no. I wouldn't. No, 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 no. It's just a good line. Um, the characters are strong, <laughs> inspirational. It there is. There is one part, though. There is a white character who just sticks out like a sore thumb in a show with a whole black cast. I kind of feel like they put a white actor in there just because it gives him a bit more mainstream. You could most probably yank the character out. I think he's not in season two. Um, it's Evan Peters, who's a Quicksilver in the X-Men movies. Um, Why is he in it? I don't he has an affair with one of the girls, Angel. Um she Random. still has her man genitals. Um it's a very interesting storyline because he's already a married character with a wife. Well well actually wait, I, I should even say that because Ryan Murphy usually has the same kind of people around him. So everything that's in there usually cast him in the same movies on TV. That's shows. not a problem. That's <laughs> not a problem. But it just feels like they put a white person in just to have a white person in it. Like, yeah, he's always in Brian Murphy stuff anyway. So yeah, but I, I know that, but it just kind well, of... if it's well written, then it's it's kind yeah, of like even it's if it was it. that, it's forgivable, and if it wasn't, mm. then it just seems that way because we do have an overabundance of casting decisions and writing decisions don't reflect yeah. storylines, but yeah. reflect trying to appeal to an audience they don't even know how to understand. That's true, but it doesn't. It's well written. All the characters are there for a reason. Um, they don't glamorize. They glamorize, it, and the ballroom sequences are beautiful. Like you know me in smug mode, I'm always about the cats, fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could yeah. be days the red carpet rundown. Jesus <laughs> Christ, it's beautiful. It's my favorite bit of drag race is when they do the catwalk bit. It's the same here. It's just fabulous, and I just love the energy. Um, even through they compete against each other. Um, they actually support each other. Actually, they're not going to kill each other. They just want to be like fierce rivals. Um, and I love that. At the end of the season, they're all sitting around a table having Chinese food to end the season. And it's lovely. And I'm going to watch season two soon. But I think it's a lovely show. Um, it's quite... It's, right. it's given me the name of me and Troy's new podcast. Um, Dan and Dan and Dan and Dom, who's Dom? Uh, Dom, Tom and Dan are doing a film one, Tam and Dom. Action one. Tam and Dom. Um, so we're going to announce this now. There, we don't know when we're launching these. They haven't got a name yet, or have you? There's still a few. Uh, we, 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 we are still, we have some options, but we haven't figured it. Hi. Um, so me and Troy, I came up with the name of House of Animation. We're doing me and Troy doing a podcast um, called House of Animation. But I got the name House of Animation from Pose, so I was like, "Oh, we can have that." Um, we're not divorcing. We're just we're still doing Syndrome and Smug Mode together. But like we said earlier, Dan and Tom have been friends since university. Me and Troy have been friends the same amount of time from our previous job. We would like we would we just wanted to do a project under syndrome separately, but we're still going to come together twice a week for smug mode and syndrome. Mm-hmm. You can't get rid of us that easy. 
This is not a fucking divorce. And you might even see a <laughs> <laughs> She keeps telling herself that then. <laughs> oh my god. Well, we already know Dan wants to have an eye on the Ghibli movie, so if me and Troy do a Ghibli movie, he might come he will come across. Yeah, definitely. And if they do a film that I know what they're talking about, I'll come across as well. Still wait. Yeah. Uh it yeah. shouldn't be too long until we start getting into some of the like the franchise films. Okay. Like I'm thinking, we're probably going to be doing the Harry Potter series fairly, fairly quick. Yeah, that's going to be quite early up. Yeah. Yeah. So fucking subscribe. Bye, <laughs> people. Yeah, please, please subscribe. We please know do share. Is- please get the word out. And like, please, if you've got any suggestions for TV shows that you think we should be watching, please yes. do email us. Well, we've already got our friend Joypad Joy Sticks, or as we know him, Boston. Hello there, sir. I bet hey, in the air right now. Yeah. Hello, sir. Um, he said that we should do Cobra Kai. We did Cobra Kai. Troy, 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 Special, but we have to wait for it to finish. That's the only problem. But any more suggestions like that are welcome. Just come at us. We know you're out there. The views are doing good. Come and hit that red button. It's not a panic button. So you're getting. And also, let's let's get the email out there before we finish. <laughs> yes, because then you're getting in. We don't know when the other two podcasts are coming in, but you'll be given plenty of warning, and you're getting four podcasts a week soon. You lucky little fuckers. Now get on it. Right. Um, oh, you want, you want the email address? Yeah, he's yeah, <laughs> rung the bell. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, servants. Tom. Dan. Will you shush? No. Square yeah. Eye Syndrome 2020 at gmail.com. And if you're deaf, watch away. If you're deaf, you, you would be listening to this. We're, we'll just put that in the uh, feed in case you can't spell. We're not saying you're stupid, but we'll help you out. All right. So, well, that's, uh, are we good? We're done? In the bag? Finished? Thank you very uh, much okay. for listening. Yep. Hopefully, Dan and Tom will have a name for their podcast next week. We've got ours, House of Animation. It's not a competition, Ben. It's not. No, it's not. It's not. It's never a competition. It's the same family. I mean, it's just as well. Because if it was, you wouldn't stand a chance. Oh! Storyline now. How in a how in a cell at WrestleMania? Little if, you, if, you can't, if you can't see me, I'm doing the Street Fighter pose, the jumping. Oh. <laughs> I'll uh, answer you with a Neo from the Matrix. <laughs> Dan, don't make me regret giving you on the shit, bro. Come on. Motherfucker. <laughs> right. So, it's goodbye from me. Dan, Dan, Dan. Fuck it right now. So, it's goodbye, Dan. Fuck him. <laughs> goodbye. It's goodbye from Tom. <laughs> goodbye. Yeah. And it's goodbye from Troy. Goodbye, guys. Subscribe. (laughs) All right.
Goodbye for me as well. Fuck you, Dan. <laughs>